Greetings to everybody around the world, North America, UK. Welcome back to another week of an exciting internet radio on the Andy and Amanda show. I can't believe that we're just uh, we're still at this man. It's been it's so not long like they, you know just starting. No, we're not. We've been, thank <laughs> you. We've been doing this quite a while. Amanda, how you doing, babes? How's it going there in the UK? I'm doing great, sweetheart. How about yourself? I'm doing real well. You know, I've been traveling. Been traveling the last few days. Yes. And, um, How's that going? It's going to be going great. Great, great to uh, you know, great to get out and and meet people and see people and playing the guitar and uh, you know, see a lot of old friends and so forth. And yeah, so been, uh, been good. I've been you know, a great been, time. Yeah, been real good. Been on the east coast, which is where I'm originally from, of course. I'm from Philadelphia and got to spend a few days there before going to New York and. Uh, Oh, I'm glad I live in L.A., but I always go back to uh, see the old sites and get a feel for the hometown, so to speak. And uh, that was great. That was a real fun time. And um, oh. it was amazing. The weather was absolutely incredible. I came back to this uh, <clears throat> this morning. It's a very rainy, gray day in L.A. Desperately needed. We never get a, get enough of it. I wish we can kind of hold it here for a while. And uh, we're going to have, if we don't get more of it, we're going to have one hell of a, of, a, of a drought issue again here, I think, in the state of California. We'll see. We'll see. But... Uh, Oh wow! Yeah, it's raining now. Yeah. Kind of cool. <laughs> but reminds me of the East Coast, you know. But, yeah. And reminds yeah. me where you are in the UK. You guys, you guys get quite a bit oh. of rain out there. Yes, we do. Yeah. It's been um, very grey and cloudy, and we've had a, a bit of rain here and there. It's been quite damp, but we've got that chill in the air now, Andy. And I tell you, I love global water, especially this year, because where the season's starting to change, and you got all the leaves falling to the ground, and you, you especially in the evening and the mm-hmm. nighttime, you got all the smells from the log fires in the air, and mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. I love that smell. I love it. Yeah, me too. I love it. It's just so yeah. grounding to get out there and just smell it all yeah. and freshness and yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, the cool, cool thing is at my house, I've got the hanging plants outside and a lot of the plants on the ground and grass and more grass. It's grass seed. I'm trying to to plant to plug up all the holes and stuff. And I, I'm constantly watering my lawn, like all through COVID. They're like, what do you do? I go out back and watch the grass grow. It's almost literally what I do. <laughs> I spend a lot of time watering the plants and keeping everything healthy. You know, I just got into that. Um, and uh, all this rain coming down, I don't have to do my job. I just kind of just watch it happen by itself, which is the way it's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> you know? Hey, you know, um, yeah. You, do you know that Donald Trump has been out uh, gallivanting around certain parts of the United States, uh, giving uh, talks and speeches, almost like a, a campaign, which hasn't been a campaign, but just commenting on his view of the of the world and everything. It's been um, oh really, been pretty cool. Do you want to? Uh, let me. I'm going to play. I have a couple couple of clips of his most recent. Uh, uh, you know, hey, we just spend so much time talking about Donald Trump on the show, don't we? But he's so much fun we to do. talk about. But <laughs> let's uh, let's take a listen to this. You know, we'll, we'll take a listen to this. Cool. Thank you very much. Wow, we have some big ones today. What knockers? Oh, thank you, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting something serious, <laughs> and then instead of my big ones, I was like, sorry, I can't. But then he, uh, <laughs> he gave that. He was also interviewed when he got off the stage there, and we uh, play. We got that uh, clip here. This is, uh, from, uh, this is from Newsmax. What I say is what I say. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Yeah, so we're real Excellent. proud of the person. Yes, yes. <laughs> what what a speech. Woo. Wow. Woo. He just knows how to nail it every time. <laughs> Doesn't he, though? Yeah. He, oh, he, man. He, that guy. He's got to the point now where he, he makes me smile just thinking about him because he's just become this, this I don't know, not a joke. I don't want to say mm-hmm. that because I find so very rude and disrespectful. I just <laughs> mean that, you know, with <laughs> the comedic responses and actions that he's had since mm-hmm. he's uh, been in the limelight, as to mm-hmm. say. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just now when we talk about him, I can't help but laugh and smile. Whereas before, he Unreal, just, isn't it? I mean, to a spin of rage, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> um, yeah, what a guy, what a guy. <laughs> mm. uh, the, um, yeah, what goodness. a guy, really. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, you know what else? Speaking of speaking of Trump, we should get right down to this. Speaking of Trump, mm. um, there's a um, book written by 
Bob Woodward, famous from the 74 Woodward, Bernstein, Watergate, blah, 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 all that, which we've, you know, 1974. Um, Woodward yeah. wrote a book called Pearl with uh, Don Costa from CNN. No, Don Costa. Right. Yeah, anyway. Um, Bob Costa, CNN. Anyway, um, they, uh, in that it was revealed that Trump had the equivalent of a, uh, of a war room set up the evening prior to the insurrection that Trump instigated on, instigated on January 6th of this year. And uh, yeah. courtesy of Morning Joe, the, the TV show, um, I was going to just cut out some of what Woodward had to speak and Costa had to say. And I figured, let me just play the whole clip. I'm just going to, this is from Morning Joe, and it's going to go on for a few minutes. But uh, hey, go get a cup of coffee or something. Or hey, listen to it. I listened to it. I'm, I heard it already. I'm going to sit here and listen to it some more. Um, <laughs> I, I, want, I want our listeners around the world uh, to hear this um, about the activities of our former, the former president of the United States of America the evening prior to the insurrection on January 6th. And I think this is uh, to be acknowledged and should be listened to by many. But listen, listen to what was uncovered. Here we go. Now to the Washington Post reporting we've been talking about this morning that some of Donald Trump's most loyal allies were working day and night leading up to the January 6th attack of the Capitol. And they gathered at the Willard Hotel, which is, of course, just a block from the White House. They called it, quote, the command center. Among the group, Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, former chief of White House staff strategist Steve Bannon, and John Eastman, that attorney who's considered one of the key architects of Trump's efforts to overturn the election results. Let's bring in right now Pulitzer Prize winning associate editor of the Washington Post, Bob Woodward, and political reporter for the Washington Post, Robert Costa. They are co-authors of the book, Peril. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, Bob Woodward, my God, you've seen a lot in Washington, D.C. before, uh, but, but just, again, weeding through what happened the night before uh, this insurrection against the United States government is so chilling, uh, and it shows just how premeditated that attack was. Yes, it, it, it was all planned out in a, in a key way. Uh, we found uh, December 30th, this is a week before January 6th, before the insurrection, uh, they, uh, Steve Bannon and Trump are talking on the phone, and Bannon is just stirring Trump up, saying, you've got to come back. This is the day of reckoning in a week. We need to get Pence involved here. We need to get him off the effing ski slopes where they stashed him away. And it, it's very active. And you start interlacing this what, with what happened uh, at the Willard Hotel uh, that night, January 5th. I mean, mm -hmm. my colleague Costa, uh, who always has a news nose, uh, was there that night. Well, I was outside in that the whole scene. <laughs> the reporter. Banging on the door. <laughs> to this day, window. I wish I had banged a little harder on that door because it was a freezing cold night and I was roaming around. And it was, I, I still remember, we talked about it as we were writing. We didn't know, when you write a book, it takes months to understand the context of what's happening, what actually happened. But that night was eerie because we didn't know at the time that Trump's over at the White House pounding into Pence in the one-on-one -on -one Oval Office meeting. And then after it doesn't go well for Trump, he calls in to the Willard War Room. And this is the key thing we found for peril, that it's not just a Willard War Room happening in an isolated way across the street. The president is calling in. Trump's calling in. He's coordinating this effort to speak for Pence. Remember, late at night, as you detailed earlier, Trump's issuing a statement saying, Pence agrees with me. He's effectively taking over the vice presidency, at least in terms of the public message. And this is all just hours before the insurrection. Yeah, and this is building a mechanism, Bob Woodward, for, for this attack and assault on the Capitol. I mean, this is showing that it wasn't just Trump, you know, rousing the crowd up and sort of the cult aspect of this. This is an actual as you guys put it, like a war room, calculated. A, a, a calculated uh, set of meetings. Yes, and, and, and phone calls and agitation. Of course, there's no 
better agitator uh, than Steve Bannon. Yeah. And we uh, talked recently with a Republican, former Republican head of the criminal division in the Justice Department, who said there is a lay down case just in what we know. Uh, it, it's 18 U.S. Code Section 371. I'm sorry, this sounds technical, but it is a law that says it is a crime to defraud the government in any deceptive way, and that's exactly what they did here. And that's what we're trying to understand. What's next for yeah. Garland, the Attorney General? Is there going to be a special counsel, especially if Congress can't force Bannon to testify? A lot of unanswered questions about what else don't we know about Trump's activity that night, talking to Bannon, talking to Giuliani, and where do these lines cross? Because remember, at that same Willard hotel, you have a lot of proud boys, oath keepers gathered outside. I saw them in the streets that night. Wow. Joe? Yeah, you know, Bob, Bob Woodward, um, I've talked about this once or twice before, but in 2015, uh, when uh, we were talking to Trump, I remember going uh, to, uh, by we, I'm talking about me and myself, not, not you and, and Trump. Uh, I remember going over to Trump Tower, and uh, there had been some incident in one of his rallies, and I remember Trump saying, my God, those people would kill for me. And when he mm. said it, I looked closer and, you know, it, it, it occurred to me as I walked out, I went back to the office and I talked to Mika. I said, I, I told her what he said. And then I said, I think he saw that as a positive thing and, yeah. and told her how, you know, how uh, how frightening it, it, it was that that and, and then you see this scene five years later where he knocks open the doors in the White House and the mob is chanting over at the Willard. Everybody's freezing inside. And there's Trump, as you all write, just soaking it in. People shivering. He won't close the doors because he loves the mob. He loves the mob violence. And it's just not uh, the mob, and it's not just violence here. It is to a purpose, as we quote Bannon uh, in our book, saying this is all designed to kill the Biden presidency in the crib. This is a disruption of the function of government. And if you get into the technicalities of this, uh, January 6th is so important. It's the only cog in the wheel where the government officially says this is who's going to be the next president. Bannon and Trump realize this is the point that uh, they have to blow it up, and that's exactly what they did. And so you, you can't run away from the consequences of what this was, uh, and you get John Eastman in his memo, in his theory of the case here, and it really is, uh, let's make it up. And one of the elements in uh, 371 is knowing what you're saying is wrong and false. And of course, you've got Eastman out there saying there are seven states with alternative Lectors, and uh, there are zero when you look at it. We spent mm -hmm. months looking. And you, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I'm I'm curious to the uh, the code that Bob Woodward cited. Mm. Who in this uh, you know sort of scheme that you've uncovered, the actual events, um, the the meeting at the Willard, who's accountable beyond the man who holds holds the highest office in the land, President Trump? I mean, who could be held accountable? In, in this type of thing to that code that you cited? Well, uh, first of all, it, it, the, the law and the crime is two people conspiring, two or more, to defeat the purpose or the responsibility mm -hmm. of the government here. And so you have Trump and Bannon. Now, Trump's president at this moment. And uh, I remember two vividly in 1974 when they had this problem with Nixon, mm -hmm. uh, they made him an unindicted co-conspirator. 
And so you've got all of these participants in this, and it's it's not that it's vague. It's very, very direct. Clear. Yeah. Let's kill. I mean, if we are going to have a democracy, mm-hmm. and we do, uh, you can't have one side, the losing side, in a presidential election say, now let's work and conspire well, and deceive. And that quote, kill the Biden presidency in the crib, it can sound almost swaggering and too much, but think about the intent behind it. They are all working, Giuliani, Eastman, Trump, to try to push the election to the House of Representatives where House Republicans would likely keep Trump in power. But if they can't achieve that goal by either smearing the result or getting some kind of alternate electors to present themselves, they want to make it impossible for Biden to govern. And what about Mike Pence asking questions about how, where, where, how he possibly could make it happen for him? Does that make him? Well, there's all that pressure which we lay out. I mean, you, you, well, uh, I mean, the there, expert there's a lot, on this. Well, I mean, we both did this together, and it's, it's interesting to see Pence so torn, the conservative Republican from Indiana, the Trump loyalist to his core. Ultimately, though, he realizes, and we don't say there are heroes in this book. They're just people recognizing that there's the Constitution of the United States, and you can't go against it. Jonathan Lemire. Evidence of illegal activity conducted by a sitting president of the United States of America. Um, Between that activity... Uh, his statements and rhetoric that he made prior to the insurrection, uh, uh, the phone calls he made to the governor of Georgia, to the uh, secretary of state of, this, of Georgia regarding uh, uh, soliciting them to find bo- votes which weren't there to show him being the victor in Georgia, uh, obviously uh, illegal, you know, I mean, outright uh, illegal. It's a, cr- it's a crime. Um, you know, somewhere on the line, this guy is going to be indicted and all his business and tax activities, which is another matter, entirely different, a separate matter in the state of New York. Um, somewhere along the line, this guy is going to be let off in handcuffs. Um, and um, the, the question is, at what at what point? Let's uh, take a caller here. We'll see who we have. Let's see who this is. Hello. 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 Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Hello. Who's this? Who do we have on the line? All right. This is Joe. Hey, Joe, how you doing? It's been so long. How you been? Yeah, it has. Okay, how about you? We've been doing really well, thank you. The show's been doing well. We've missed you. We've talked about you. We've thought about you and said, I wonder how Joe's doing. Man, oh, man, it's been so long. And uh, always good to hear from you, man. Always good to hear from you. How's it going? Okay. Are you still advising people to take the vaccine? (laughs) Are uh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we, we, we would like people to take the vaccine. We've all taken the vaccine. We're all doing great. Everybody I know is except one person. It was two people, and that person uh, got COVID really bad and, and now preaches a different song. Um, but everybody knows got the vaccine. As a matter of fact, as soon as they lower the, uh, the dosage of the Modelo uh, vaccine, um, <laughs> we're going – Whatever it is, you know, I mean, the uh, what do you call that? The uh, Moderna. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so if you I guys want to take it at your risk, that's one thing. But you uh-huh. should stop advising people or recommending it to other people on your show. Why? Over twenty-four, over twenty-four thousand people have died. Two Nobel Prize winners um, have come out against it. Two whistleblowers from Pfizer have come out against it. Even the FDA says when it comes to children, they shouldn't have approved it for the kids. Well, there's always okay. going to be these, there's always going to be these, these numbers, these people that come out, and he's with this person, and he's with this person. The only thing I have and the only thing we talk about on the show is what we see in terms of scientific data. Have you, have you actually seen the research, the actual science, not what they said, the science, but the science from which, what those words were derived yeah. from? I bet you yeah, haven't seen the um, science. When you say 25,000 people, those, when you look at people like Colin Powell, for example, who had um, multiple myeloma, a, a, which re, re, you know, brought right. his – okay, but, but here's the deal, though. His, he would, he would not have died. He would not – hear me out. He would not have died from COVID if he did not have multiple myeloma. That wouldn't have happened. 
All right, when you when you say 25,000 people have died, they did not die as a result of the of the inoculation from COVID. That was not the cause of death. I think if you to come on here and start putting out information, which is really not true, which is we we don't do that. We look take a look at the VAERS. Take a look at the VAERS website. They already have thousands of people have already reported that they've died. Their family okay, members of the friends who died. Yeah, yeah. So, but here's the deal: um, they did not die. They did not die as a direct result of receiving you know the. How because you know I've that? seen the science. Because I've seen the science. I've seen the numbers. I, we looked into the numbers. Have you seen and not only, not only we looked into the numbers, but, but I, could, I could, Joe, as, as we said before, we could go into it and I could recite exactly the science of how. And I'm not going to do that this show. Okay, I'll tell you what you shows. I'm getting. I'm gathering together um, a debate between conservatives and liberals. Three Fine. of the topics that are going to be discussed are mm-hmm. going to be the vaccine, white supremacy, and immigration. You want to be on that panel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, yes. Okay, good. Joe, thank you, man. Yeah. And, you're, and, and all due respect, we love what you say. We love having you off here. You're a friend of the show, and, and, I, and you know, I, I appreciate and listen to what you're saying. I respect it. Believe me, I do. Don't, don't think I'm putting you down or don't think I'm arguing. It's not a problem. Really. It doesn't yeah. matter. What I'm, do yeah. you want to be a member of that panel? I do. I do. Okay, good. If and when I can get it together, because now I've got four people on the uh, – well, i got you as a liberal. So i got at least three <laughs> or four liberals who are saying, uh, you know, saying yes. i got four conservatives. If I can get it together, because it's going to be uh, logistically um, kind of fairly difficult, then I'll come back and I'll let you know when uh, – we also it will be done according – I'll be the moderator, and it will be done according to the way SCOTUS operates um, – when lawyers are in front of them. In other words, yeah, I will not I, I tolerate can recommend, I can recommend. I can make some recommendations if you want, uh, if you have trouble finding uh, moderates or liberals. Uh, I don't consider myself a liberal, just so you know. Um, but I. Um, uh, I That's all right. Myself... I mean, you, want, you can take the side of the vaccine. Uh, however you yeah, want to yeah, label yeah, yeah, yourself yeah, that is good. fine. That sounds good. <laughs> all right. Because so, I, got, I got to tell you something. I, I have friends that are conservatives that think that I'm more conservative than anybody else they know. Once you get to know, but I don't really see that, but people tell me that. I don't get it. But anyway, that's what they say. But um, all right. What was I going to say? Listen, Joe, how's your love life? Yeah. Let's talk about more important uh, things. Oh, don't you? No, no, no. If you're going to give advice to the same degree you're talking about the vaccine, thanks. <laughs> I'll pass. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Bless him. All right. Bless you, darling. Yeah. All right. I'll, come. I'll get back to you guys. Take it easy. All the best, All right, Joe. Sweetheart. Thanks for calling in. Take care. Appreciate it. Sure. Bye bye. Take now. care. Bye bye now. Bye, sweetheart. Uh, that's, that's our friend Joe. Joe from uh, I think up uh, mid. I forget Joe. You're in little. I I am um, I Iowa. I think I think Iowa. Idaho. Iowa. Cool. I think. I can't remember actually. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Real good guy. He is. He is a good guy. Definitely. Definitely. We always appreciate him calling in. Oh yeah. As you can wow. see, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, and, and again, uh, Amanda, you and I have, have, have dove into the science, the numbers, the, the biomechanics, the biophysiology, the interviews, the, the numbers of this for months and months and months and months. My mm. God, January will be a year um, yeah. of, of how this vaccine works when people uh, do uh, react uh, unfashionably, shall we say, or, or not in a, in a good will uh, mm. uh, to the vaccine. Why or what happens? Um, People have received other vaccines and have uh, also not done well because of reaction in their individual, you know, biochemistry. Um, yeah. But when you compare the numbers of of of, of you know compromised results uh, yeah. of the vaccine yeah. compared to the tens of millions of inoculations. It's minuscule. It's it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. Now, but and how many people have died from COVID? How many? Yeah. 670,000? 670,000 directly from COVID. I'm not talking about, oh, they had this, they would have died anyway. Directly from Mm -hmm. COVID. They would not have died if they didn't have COVID. Eventually, maybe some underlying conditions, age, other things may have gotten down the road, but not at the time that they died. They would not have died. COVID did it to it. And we're not seeing those yeah. numbers anymore since vaccines. Oh, why is that? Oh, it's just coincidence. Oh, my God, really? Whoa. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Can you appreciate I mean? that. So, yeah. so, and again, it's not, a liberal, it's not a liberal conservative thing to me. It's, it's, it's fact. It's science. And that's what we call the show 
Truth Radio, ba-bam, ba-bam. Speaking of Truth Radio, um, yes. what was I going to say? Hmm. I don't know. And that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Truth Radio, wait, is there must be something to say here. Um, <laughs> You're being truthful by saying you can't remember, so it must be Truth Radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of buzz about, you know, what we, that we played that clip earlier from uh, the Morning Joe yeah. program. And, um, um, you know, people are out there talking, you know, if you, if you tune into uh, social media, um, you'll see what, you know, people have a lot to say, whether you like it or not. People talk. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and people, oh, I heard that. Oh, I heard some police from our audience members wasn't, wasn't happy with that. What? What was that? What was that? <laughs> what was that? Oh, okay. Bless you, darlings. We understand, but, you know. <laughs> Talking to social media, remember the uh, whistleblower that um, came forward recently? I talked about it on a previous show, Frances Hagen. Um, yeah. She yeah, came yeah. to the UK. And she's been working with our MPs here um, discussing this whole issue with Facebook and uh, saying that whistleblower Francis Hagen has told MPs Facebook is unquestionably making hate worse as they consider what new rules to impose on big social networks. Uh, Ms. Hagen was talking to Online Safety Bill Committee in London. She said Facebook safety teams were under-resourced and Facebook has been unwilling to accept even little slivers of profit being sacrificed for safety. And she warned that Instagram was more dangerous than other forms of social media, blah, blah, blah. That kind of covers what she's um, come out with in the, in the past, everything that I've uh, explained. Uh, the committee is fine-tuning a proposed law that will place new duties on large social networks and subject them to checks by the media regulator Ofcom. Asked if the law was keeping Mark Zuckerberg awake at night, Ms. Hagen said she was incredibly proud of the UK for taking such a world-leading stance. The UK has a tradition of leading policy in ways that are followed around the world. I can't imagine Mark isn't paying attention to what you're doing. Uh, that's, that's a very big compliment. Thank you, Ms. Hagen. Um, <laughs> But uh, mm. yeah, so she's, mm. she's working with the MPs in the moment. They're overlooking everything. She's explaining to them, obviously, what she's came out with recently. And um, I think we're going to be taking it into serious consideration now, how we can move forward with um, the safety online, especially targeted for children, because this is the biggest concern. And the misinformation as well, because she mentions about uh, the translation on posts, because everything mm -hmm. is pretty much mm -hmm. uh, American English. And um, with the British English, um, she said about the, the translation not being as accurate and in terms of misinformation, that can be very misleading for um, people in Britain and, and especially children and things like that. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot to be taken into consideration at the moment. And I think Mark is going to suffer from this um, dramatically. Mm. It, it, you know, it's, it's incredible. You know, these are miserable, mean, nasty fucking scumbags. Yes, I'm sure that's the opinion of, of many people. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that clip. It says a lot about my personality. <laughs> there you have it, people. You don't know what I'm about. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, but um, yeah, so there's that stuff going on. Oh, there's stuff with Alec Baldwin as well. There's been uh, updates with that, right? Um, saying that he was pointing the camera in the, the Rust rehearsal and that um, it says that uh, Bald Baldwin was handed a prop gun and told it was unloaded, the court yes. document said. And um, Souza was standing behind Hutchins when they were both hit, according to the affidavit. And Joel stated that they had Alex sitting in a, in a pew in a church building setting, and he was practicing a cross draw, it said. Joel said he was looking over the shoulder of Hutchins when he heard what sounded like a whip and then a loud pop. And um, the document said the 42-year-old Hutchins was shot in the chest area, Joel then vaguely remembers Hutchins complaining about her stomach and grabbing her midsection. Joel also said Hutchins began to stumble backwards as she was assisted to the ground. 
Uh, Russell, who was standing next to Hutchins at the time of the shooting, told officials she said she could not feel her legs. Bless her. Um, mm. oh when God. asked how Baldwin treated firearms on the set, Russell said the actor was very careful, citing an insurance when the star made sure a child actor was not near him when a gun was being discharged. On Friday, authorities said assistant director Dave Halls had handed the weapon to Baldwin and announced cold gun indicating it was safe to use. Meanwhile, Serge, I don't know his last name, Svetnol, uh-huh. chief electrician for Rust, said in a Facebook post on Sunday he held Hutchins in his arms while she was dying and blamed negligence and unprofessionalism for her death. On Sunday, a crew member who worked with Halls on another project said she had raised safety concerns about him in 2019. You know, the crew are not very happy, obviously, and they're, they're trying to say, well, really, you can't target the blame on one person because it's a general safety issue. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, when the actor receives the prop and they're being told by the crew, you know, who go through all these regulations, hey, this is safe to use, and announcing that it's safe to use, you don't really think, okay, well, maybe I should check it for myself before I do anything. And um, mm-hmm. we know that, you know, Baldwin has had... Um, with the firearms, yeah. you know, with this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. maybe he should have, you know, or any actor should take it upon themselves if they're having that training yeah. in the firearms to yeah. check, just double check the weapon. I think this is going to push that forward, isn't it? I think that's what's going to happen now. There's going to be well, more yeah, what you're, safety What you're checks. seeing, yeah, many, many productions, most. Um, yeah. Not most, many. Um, to be more accurate. Use what is referred to as a prop gun as opposed to um, a weapon, right? And what yeah. a prop gun is, is it's, it's a prop. It can't shoot anything. The barrel has been you know, stuffed. I mean, you can't put anything in it to shoot. It's literally yeah. a prop. And what happens in post-production is via technology and animation and effects and so forth, and sounds, as we, I think, talked about on the last show, they, um, they go ahead and edit in uh, or, mm. or VO. You know, they, they go over the sound of the what would be a gunshot with, with hundreds and hundreds of, of gunshot sound effects and, and yeah. put it in. So when you see the TV show or the movie, it sounds – you would not know that that gun didn't fire. It sounds exactly it's, – it's, it's right in there, it's, and it's perfect. Mm. And also, uh, they, when you use a prop gun – the the fire the ballistics effect um, or you know flame or whatever it is depending on the kind of weapon they're shooting um, is not there and they put that in as well and do it so well I mean, these are people who just just are, are absolutely excel and are experts at what they're able to do in terms of video effects which we've all seen yeah. obviously um, yeah that you would never know it when you see these, these, these you know shoot 'em up movies and TV shows and tankity tankity tank and bazookity bazookity and air to fire air to ground missiles and all this stuff. Uh, it looks so real, but it's all done by yeah. animation and by computer. Um, Absolutely. So that is that is a prop gun, and um, which is it, it differentiates itself from a weapon, which can be a gun loaded with a blank. Mm. Right. The difference yeah. between a blank and a bullet is the, the if you picture a cartridge, the back of the cartridge of a of of a of a blank or a or a a bullet has a um, you know what you might want to call like a, a launcher starter like a like a fire starter yeah. type thing that explodes yeah. with gunpowder and then gunpowder explodes and bam the projectile comes out now that and the projectile could be a live bullet that can hurt or kill somebody now in a blank the the bullet itself where that bullet would be is taped over in other words there's um, it's it's with muddy it's all it's mud it's it's all secured and, but that that piece of the of the of the cartridge, which is tape and whatever or however they secure that, there's no bullet in there, but whatever it is at the end of that gunpowder, mm. can still be lethal. Yeah, it can still hurt somebody or kill somebody. Yeah. So yeah. so the question is, what was was that a live bullet in that blank gun, or was it a true blank, which is a lethal weapon? A blank, you don't think oh they they shoot blanks, you don't think oh they're harmless, nothing comes out. Yes, something does come out. It can come out. Which could yeah. be a wad of a wad of something, a wad of, of something which is launched by gunpowder exploding. Bam! That thing's going to shoot out at you know hundreds of miles per hour potentially. Enough to kill wow. somebody, right? Yeah. 
So based on, and I haven't heard what you just read before, um, that she felt a pain in her stomach or and couldn't feel her legs. To me, mm. to me, that says there was a bullet in there. I don't know. I'm, believe me, I'm not an expert. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying this is a fact. This is just, that's what it, my reaction to that. Um, yeah. And the, as you said, Baldwin was handed a gun by a prop master who said, uh, this is a cold weapon. Cold means, you know, there's nothing in it. It's cold. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so, so Baldwin was told that there's nothing in this thing. And here's, the, here's you know, you know, we talked last week, I, I was a previous show, we talked about negligent homicide. Well, there yeah. was no, it was no intent to cause bodily harm. The intent was not there. And they say, some people say, well, a crime, there's got to be intent to commit the crime. No, that, that is not true at all. You have a negligent crime. If somebody hits somebody with a car and they don't run away, it's not a hit and run, they pull over. Oh, my God, I, hit some, I didn't mean to hit that person with the car. But if you, in fact, steered into the sidewalk or steered into that person, that person didn't walk right in front of your car, then that, that is negligent homicide. Yeah. Right. So yeah. so to me, it would appear that Alec Baldwin should be uh, indicted um, on an on a charge of negligent homicide. He didn't mean to do it. He didn't want to do it. He didn't know the gun was loaded. It was loaded. Yeah. He shot it and somebody died. Yeah. I don't know. And, and let, let it let the jury let a jury say. You know, a jury of peers. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? Let a jury of peers say, you know what? You know, as much as I hate to say it, and and you don't want this woman to have just died and and nobody take responsibility and nothing. I'm sure Baldwin will be sued by millions. Baldwin might even sue the prop master or the prop company. I mean, there's going to be lawsuits flying all over the place. There's going to be millions and millions by by this poor woman's uh, husband and and son on behalf of their family that she left Mm. behind. I mean, there's going to be... There's going to be millions yeah. of dollars, and, and Baldwin will be sued. There's no question about it. Uh, yeah. And he, and he might have lawsuits. I mean, this, you're going to see, you know, start reading the headlines, not, not today, but look, look for them, and we'll cover it on the show as well. Um, but but I, I think that, you know, this woman was shot. Alec Baldwin shot her. As a, it was yeah. not supposed to be. He did it. No. She died. Yeah. And okay, you say, well, you know what? It was completely an accident. There's no fault here. There's no liability here. And 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 you know, you can sue him in, in civil court for millions for whatever a wrongful death. There'll be a wrongful death suit. There's no question about it. Look for it. There'll be a wrongful death suit in civil court. And remember, in civil court, the burden of proof is much less than it is in criminal court. Yeah. Right. So it's civil court. Um, maybe that's where we'll end up, and, and a criminal in a jury in a criminal course, court will say, you know, we just can't convict him. He, he yeah, you know, his, there's no fire record. But the thing is, 11, you know, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. There's there's some kind of, I guess, um, coldness now towards the, the the assistant director Dave Halls because he's got a bit of a reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, on set, um, I heard. Uh, Mac, yeah, yeah uh, would mm-hmm. be in, you know, a bit careless and just taking chances and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think they're just looking, obviously, looking for someone to blame with this. Um, and you know, who who wouldn't look for someone to blame with this? Somebody's died, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Somebody's mother, somebody's wife. Yeah. Um, so I can understand it, but I think this calls for a bigger collective um transformation to you know mm-hmm. to happen within that world yeah that world mm-hmm. something needs to change um this is not you know a couple of incidents throughout the history of filming is, is not enough i guess for a court or a legal system to say okay well this needs to be brought in and that needs to be brought in but mm-hmm. however you know, it shouldn't take a lot of something to happen before something drastically changes. So, um, yeah, I think maybe any kind of prop or whatever is presented to an actor should be checked by some sort of security. I mean, proper security um, before it's handed to an actor. Yes, exactly. A third party, Um, because this is just this is irresponsible. It really is. Mm -hmm. And now somebody's suffered the consequences of it, and that's that's tragic. It's awful. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. what he must be going through. 
you know. I, oh, my God. Clearly oh. showed there was no harm. He, he didn't mean to cause any harm. And he was just devastated. I think I would be too. Yeah. It's just, wow. Yeah. Crazy. But anyway, moving on. I'm sure you will be popping back up in the news. <laughs> oh, in the, uh, um, I'll be, pep, I'll be pep, popping back up in the nude. I'll be what? Oh, will you? <laughs> oh, I, I think oh, that's right. I, I, I think it's something like that. And I'll be popping back uh, up. No, in the no, nude. no. Oh, oh. Oh no, I'm not that brave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that brave. No. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know that there, there are, are some people that. Do not want to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Truth radio for you. <laughs> so we've yeah, got... Yeah. We do. Yes, They're not big shots, that I can tell you, but I, I listen to what they say. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. Frank. We appreciate that, even though we, we kind do. of, you know, tease you a little. <laughs> Doesn't seem to yeah. mind, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got Halloween coming up at the end of this week. Woo! Really? Guess, what day? Um, what, when is Halloween? Sunday. Sunday, my darling. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, it's fast approaching. Everybody's getting excited here. Uh, getting their pumpkins. What, what are you going to be on Halloween? What, what are you going to be? Oh, where am I going to be? I shall be what are you at be? a. Oh, what am I going to be? Uh, what are you going to uh, be? I think I'm scary enough. I think I should be me. No. <laughs> no. I know. It, it, I'll that, be would be not, that, would be, that would be Andy, not Amanda. No. <laughs> no. Right, we'll, we'll swap roles. You can be me for the day and I'll be you for the day. We'll dress that up would be cool. <laughs> that, would, that would actually be cool. We should get pictures taken like that. Yeah, that would be great. Yes. It would, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, would be, it would be cool. Yeah. 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 But, uh, um, yeah, so over that... I think I'm going to a Halloween party. That's going to be fun. What about you? What are you up to at Halloween? Oh, I'm going to be Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth. Excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Dr>. Excellent. You've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got the high-pitched, quite off to a seat there, darling. Dr. Ruth. We've got a lot of preparation to do for, for Sunday, but I thought, and I mentioned this to Andy literally just before I got on the show, he wasn't aware of this, um, that, you know, it just suddenly hit me. So let's do something, because we were going to do behind the scenes every week, and I think we should, because that's such a fun mm-hmm. thing to do. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. it's Halloween approaching, each show this week, I'll, I'll share briefly something okay. about a spooky movie, okay. um, get us some preparations. So, okay. so my darlings. What do we have for uh, The first movie that popped into my mind today was Portergeist. And I yes. remember flapping my pants when I first saw that when I was younger. I was like, oh my God, what is this? Is this real? <laughs> you know, it was uh, very well done. Do you remember that scene yeah. with the, the, the tree branch at the window? That yeah. kid's bed, bedroom. And, oh my goodness. So I was constantly yeah. looking at my window all the time after that. I mean, I was paranoid that somebody was going to be tapping on my window or something like that. <laughs> I mean, power of that movie. Unbelievable. So... There was a lot of conspiracy and talk about the things that went on behind the scenes. So um, I wanted to share with you some of those things that were, were talked about. So it says, I found this a couple mm-hmm. of awesome pages, but oh, yeah. um, the birth of a conspiracy. While Spielberg co-wrote the script and produced the movie, despite a popular misconception, he did not direct the film. He was working on E.T. at the time, and a clause in that film's contract prevented him from directing another movie at the same time. Instead, he turned to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Hooper, to helm his foray into horror. Spielberg, though, was incredibly enthusiastic about the project, and he was on set nearly every day of the shoot, and that kind of involvement from a producer is nearly unheard of. When the movie came out, nearly all promotional material focused on the film's big name, Spielberg, then a Los Angeles Times story on the film, had added fuel to the fire by focusing almost exclusively on Spielberg as the movie's creative force. Um, he tried to clear things up with an open letter apologizing for the confusion and uh, about the collaborative nature of their relationship. Cooper passed away in 2016, but he always insisted he directed that movie, and Spielberg has always backed him up. It seems like every few years, someone from the cast or crew has a new take on a day-to-day set direction, but most folks Hmm. insist Cooper did direct. Okay, but Mm -hmm. let's get into the nitty-gritty. So, 
uh, a near mm-hmm. miss with the king. So though Steven Spielberg ended up sharing writing duties, um, he originally wanted to work with Stephen King. And they were hugely popular mm-hmm. immensely successful at this, this point, though the author hadn't really broken into the movie business itself just yet. And only two of the books have been turned into movies, uh, Carrie and The Shining, uh, with Salem's Lot have been adapted as a TV miniseries. Um, and it, it goes on to say it's hard to say how, you know what, this, this actually, you know, guys, I don't usually do this. This is actually mm. not that interesting. Let me turn to this other page. Okay. Okay, okay. here we go. Go ahead. Here we go. go. I find <laughs> something. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. You know, that's really mm-hmm. disappointed me. Mm. The chilling. If you don't like it, I'm going to whoop you. In 1982, Portuguese shook horror fans to their core in the spooky story, a typical suburban family. The Freelins became victims of malevolent spirits. The entity mm. become fixated on Carol Anne, the youngest of the mm. bunch. The original mm-hmm. film spawned two sequels, and all three films seem to be steeped in tragedy, making way for rumours of a poltergeist curse. Mm. Um, Shudder's documentary series, Cursed Films, examined the phenomenon of the so-called Jinx production. Here's what we learned. Cursed Films is an original series on the Shudder streaming platform that explores horror films played by so-called curses. Episode 3 of the show focuses on the buzz around poltergeist. The episode synopsis reads as follows. A series of untimely deaths connected to the making of Portuguese films inspires rumours that the production is cursed. Suspicious... Suspicious... Are stoked by rumours that real human skeletons were used during the making of the film. I remember hearing something about that, actually, back in the day. Um, mm. In the episode, crew members and experts debate and debunk claims and shed light on the origin of the supposed curse. Um, spooky on-set occurrences fueled rumours of the Portuguese curse. Um, during production, some on-set incidents triggered superstitious chatter. In a scene in which a toy clown strangles a boy, the mechanism malfunctioned while filming and allegedly choked the actor. Another thread that believers mm. in the movie wow. think, uh, no, cling to is that the crew used actual skeletons as props. Yes, yes, yes. In the movie, Mrs. Freeland falls into the hole meant for constructing an in-ground pool. Rainwater fills the pit and bodies begin to float to the top, surrounding the woman. Some fans believe the skeletons in the pool were, were real remains from India and using them in the portergeist led Jeez. to a real curse. Whoa, mm. okay. Um, wow, wow. Yeah. Grief huh. surrounded the portergeist franchise with several actors from the films dying before the trilogy could be completed. Dominic Dunn, who played Dana, the eldest freeling child, and he said freeing, was involved in a volatile relationship. After breaking up with her boyfriend, he went to her home and choked her. Dunn went into a coma after the attack and never regained consciousness. Two actors who appeared in Portuguese 2, the other side, also died. Uh, Will Sampson, who was a shaman, ooh, performed an onset exorcism to expel demons from the production. Two years later, the 53-year-old died from a malnutrition and kidney failure. His co-star, Julian Beck, died of stomach cancer. The filmmakers brought his character back in the third and final Portuguese film by making a cast of Beck's face and outfitting the new actor with a mask. The young star of the films, Heather O'Rourke, was in treatment for Crohn's disease. Unfortunately, she was misdiagnosed and died due to complications of a congenital disability during the filming of Portuguese 3. Yeah. The filmmakers claim that the studio forced them to complete the project and they did so by reluctantly using a double. Um, really? So, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. I, that's something. I'll be darned. I know. I know. It, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But, I mean, I guys, I recommend people looking into it for themselves because there's a lot of hype behind it. You know, go and yeah, check yeah. out the videos and stuff. But I just wanted to quickly and briefly run into that um, because, you know, it popped into my mind. I thought, yeah, let's do this before the show. Wednesday, wow. I'm going to dig deep into a another horror movie, and it's going to be way better than that. Um, but Speak, yeah, speaking of horror movies, remember the movie Halloween? Ooh, the movie Halloween. Yes, do I? Oh yeah. The movie yeah, yeah. Halloween. Jason's house is oh, oh about a half a mile from my house. No. About a half a mile. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's people starting to gather around that every Halloween people come up, and on Halloween there's a guy who dresses up as Jason. He goes on the porch and stuff, and 
you know, and, and he'll, he can pose. He'll, he'll hold the knife to you, and you can pose and have your friends take a picture and stuff, you know, but he's in the Jason mask and everything. I'll take a picture of it. It was pouring rain. If not tonight, tomorrow night, um, and put it on a website of, of Jason's house. And I've taken them every year, so I'm sure I have them on my phone already, but I will take yeah. a picture of, of, of a Halloween house where Jason was, you know, that movie was made. Well, a lot of movies, TV shows, and commercials were shot in the vicinity of where I live because I live in Hollywood. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, that house in particular is very close to where I live, very close, at the South Pasadena train station, actually. That's where the house is located, if yeah. you want to look on the map. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's that, amazing. I mean, that's a great idea. And thanks. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, no problem. What, no problem. I, I, what I, um, yeah, that's, yeah, Halloween's coming up. And, uh, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, we got we got to do it. like Friday should be real fun. Like we'll do the I like the in, in, the the movie idea and, and going from the horror flicks and stuff. And have you seen anything uh, decent on Netflix or Hulu, whatever it might be, that's uh, worth mentioning? Um, uh, because I, I know uh, bring a woman to an orgasmic response. Yes, thank you. We'll do that too on Friday's show. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, um, Netflix. Um... Oh, I mean, I'm like you, Andy. I like watching a lot of stuff on Netflix. I've seen yeah, quite a lot too. of stuff I, recently, and I'm trying to think yeah, of I, the titles. I, I don't know half. I don't know half of what I see. I couldn't tell you the titles. Usually, it's late night. I fall asleep, and that, or I hate the. You know what I hate? I'll tell you what I hate. I hate. Watch that. I hate the um, the episode. The uh, the uh, the episodics. You know the the it's eight eight. Eight shows in a season or three seasons, and I start watching, and I and I like one more. What next thing you know, you see the sun come up, and you're still watching the damn show. You know, I've done that. <laughs> I, I did that to. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, the uh, Squid Game. The Squid Game, Netflix hit. The Squid oh, Game. you know what? I have refused to watch that simply for the hype. One of those people that you know, when something comes out, everybody goes crazy over it. I'm like yeah. one of those people that says, no, no, I'm gonna, no, no, yep. no, you can carry yep. on. Um, it's actually, it's actually the time of day. It's, it's, Pretty bad. Uh, it's worth watching, uh, knowing how yeah. bad it is. Uh, in Korea, with, <laughs> okay. uh, with the English English uh, voiceovers, um, which might be part of the reason why it is so bad, because it's a horrible <laughs> job with voiceover. Um, uh, no offense to the actors who did it, but anyway, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. But the movie itself is, uh, you know, in in eleven different languages now, all over the world. Um, wow. Producing Korea, and what we're seeing now, and what Netflix is doing now. Uh, because the the cost of that uh, I think was twenty five million dollars, and to do it in the United States would have cost one hundred twenty five million or more. Um, and there's and we're starting to see a lot more movies and productions come out of South Korea with South Korean actors because the cost of doing business there and producing these shows is so much less than it is here in the United States or where you are, Amanda, in, in the UK. Um, yeah. You know that, that I have, and I, I think I, that's, we'll get more into movies and scary and spooky things, especially on Friday show. We got to think of a, a lot of fun for this Friday before Halloween show. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I wanted um, to I get into. Said, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you know. No, no, no. I was literally just going to expand on your uh, comment about Squid that it's it's created a sensation because even YouTubers on YouTube are using that as an idea for their their you know videos they're uploading. Yeah. Taking off in a big way. Anyway, yes. I'm, yeah. What was you going to say? Yeah, but I just want to. Those who haven't seen it yet, you know, um, watch it. Uh, I, I did. I took the whole thing in and and I watched the first episode. Then a week later came back and watched the remaining eight episodes. And I did see the sun come up that day. I, I oh, wow. Watched, I watched okay. the whole one So it kept you watching. Watched, yeah. Watched the whole, the whole thing. Uh, but what I want to get to, though, uh, um, is um, – what, what, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I'm, no, I, know exactly I, I think – if this you keep this up, you, you might it? be able to get a penny for your thoughts. You might make some money off this, darling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, you know, um, I'll tell you. Let's, uh, well, I was going to reply to that, but oh, what the hell? Let's move on to something else. <laughs> okay, we will. Uh, I want to try to get uh, you know something we've been listening to well, a little more regularly recently, and that is another episode of... It's time again for What the People Say on the Andy Hadamander Show. Pissed Donald Trump Jr. is on Instagram right now mocking and making fun of the tragic accidental death of an innocent woman on the set of a Alec Baldwin film because that's what these 
shitbags do. The same week that his shitbag father, Dick Stane, Donald Trump, was mocking and belittling the death of a four-star general of the United States, former Secretary of State Colin Powell. These are miserable, mean, nasty fucking scumbags. Uh, uh, the worst thing about their deaths when they pass is that people will be dancing, literally dancing, celebrating in the street, making out, having sex, parading, and you fucks won't be there to see it, but fortunately your family, your family will be there to witness the celebrations when you fucks die. Yo, Manchin. Billy looking sore, didn't he? Don't let that fool you. 73 years old. Supposed to be a Democrat. Acts like a Republican. Votes like a damn Republican. He's sabotaging Joe Biden's bill to build back America. He's not going to vote for it. You know why? I'll tell you why. Who's calling him just Dirty Money Manchin? How's that? Why do I call him Dirty Money Manchin? He owns coal mines in West Virginia, the second poorest state in the damn country. He's making millions of dollars off of coal mines. Hell, his son even owns a coal mine. He's down on new clean energy. Yeah, the electric cars and the solar panels and on and on and on. Get your men out of the damn coal mines, getting black lung, breathing toxic gases, cave-ins. He don't give a damn. Poor some bitches. Oh, 10,000 of them in West Virginia. We can put them together out there doing clean jobs, green energy jobs. Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, man. You quit calling yourself a Democrat. Here is Donald Trump's heartfelt statement on the passing of former Secretary of State and retired General Colin Powell. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. The funniest part about this whole thing with Trump supporters is that uh, Trump hates all you people. Do you think he gives a shit about Trump turds? He doesn't. Go to Mar-a-Lago. Go take a peek inside Mar-a-Lago. First of all, they won't let you in. <laughs> and then if they do let you in for some miracle, go see if there's anybody that looks like you. You guys are a bunch of uneducated fools, and he's just conned every one of you. And you guys adore him like he's some fucking messiah, and he's just a fucking failure. You guys are so brainwashed listening to all the right-wing media. You have no clue. No clue. So true. So true. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate what the people say. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate their comments. That was, that was, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy listening to those. Always. Aren't they good? <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. we are about to, God, you know, these hours just fly by. They do. And um, we're going to come back on a Wednesday show, be 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time, 8 p.m. in UK, and noon time if you're on the West Coast. It might be sunny by then. Don't mind the rain. We'll see what happens. We're going to talk about uh, so much more on Wednesday. We want you to join us again. We didn't give out a number, but yet we do get phone calls. 515-605-9888. Email the show, show at gmail.com. Look at us on the web at andyandamandyashow.com. Go to our blog, Talk Radio, which is how we do this, blogtalkradio.com forward slash andyandamandyashow. You can also see and hear the 300 and some odd episodes that we've done. Unbelievable. Around the world. 23 countries, thousands of listeners, followers. And we thank each and every one of you sincerely for tuning in. Absolutely. All right. So, Amanda, let's let's call it a day. Let's call it a show. Another one in the books. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Absolutely. Right, my darlings. So, on behalf of Andy Kimball on his travels, and on behalf of myself, Amanda Love here in the UK, thank you so much for joining us. Catch us on Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Approaching Halloween. Woo! So, take care. Keep smiling, okay? See you there. We'll see everybody. Take care now. (laughs) 